please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are going to hopefully conclude the Sword of the Spirit today. Reading in verse 17, the Apostle Paul says there again, And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word, or remember it's the rhema of God. Remember again that these are individual words or particular statements, okay? It's not the whole Bible itself, but it is those revelations that you've received from the Word. Amen? Those things that are revealed to you on the inside, those things that have come alive on the inside and mean something to you. They're not just words in a page anymore. They are real to you. Amen? And that's really what this is talking about. And that's when something becomes a sword. Do you know that is true in the natural as well? Have you noticed how people can say things to you that really pierce your heart? I mean, they can say some very hurtful things, or they can say some very encouraging things that just lifts you right out of a depression or right out of whatever slump you're in and put you back on top and give you that hope. That is what this word is all about. It is a sword, and we need to use that sword very carefully because we can either use it to help or hinder, build up or cut down. Amen? Even though we're talking about this right now in terms of spiritual application and how to use it against the enemy. Because remember, this all began with, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers and all of those things. So what we're doing is looking at how to develop an armory. We've looked at all the different aspects of this sword and and different ways in how you use it. But the question now is, How do we get to the place where we do what Jesus did? Remember his battle with the enemy in the wilderness? That was in Luke chapter 4. Over and over again he said, it is written. But one time he said, it is also written. Okay, Because after a while the enemy starts to realize that you know the word, and you know what's written, then he'll throw, it is written. And this is where I think a lot of Christians fail. A lot of Christians get taken down by it is written, and not knowing the it is also written. I don't know how many times people have come and said, oh, it must be God because there was a scripture verse. Yeah, but was it in context? Because the devil quotes scripture too. Did you get that? You, you need to get this. So just because you heard a scripture, or just because the scripture came to mind, when something, was, you know, when something was going on, doesn't mean it was God. You need to check what spirit that's coming from. If you get taught wrong, you can't tell the difference. There are so many people out there that will quote scripture to tell you why they're going through something really bad. And they'll quote scriptures such as, you know, God is, is, is trying me, He's testing me, He's putting me through that purifying fire. Why are you that bad? No, <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? All right. Repent. That's all you need to do. First John 1 John 1.9 And you can avoid the fire. But again, this is what the enemy does. A lot of times he uses scripture. And he'll use it in the wrong way. And if you don't know how to say it is also written, you're going down. Anyway, moving on. So it is so very important that we understand the right use of scripture. Which now brings us to... How do we build an armory? And I said that we'll look at this today. So let's begin here. First of all, we need to listen to the Word. 
I want to start in Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to look at verses 20 through 22. We know these verses, but I want to do this to complete this series, because I don't know what people have been listening to. In Proverbs chapter 4, and verse 20, it says here, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear unto my sayings. The first place that you need to start is listening to the word. A lot of people say, read your Bible, but if you don't know how to interpret what you're reading, you could read all kinds of stuff and learn all kinds of wrong lessons. So you need to be very careful where you start. You need to start with somebody preaching it to you. And once you start to get a handle on it, then you can start reading it for yourself and you'll get more out of it. The more wisdom you have, the more you'll receive from the Word. The less wisdom you have, the more off track you'll get with it. That's the reason why you know, I find a lot of people quoting scriptures regarding certain things, and I'll listen to what they're saying, and if I didn't know better, I'd say it was okay. But because I study it, I know that's not okay. All right? I know that it's not entirely in context, and something is a little bit off. And no matter how sincere you are, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, you might be sincere, but you could be sincerely wrong. You know what I'm saying? Okay? All right. So, all right. So the first thing, and I, I like the progression here in Proverbs. It says, first of all, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Then, verse 21, Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. The second thing that you need to do, again, talking about building an armory, the second thing you need to do is to begin to read the Word of God. This is where the Spirit of God will start to lead you into different areas of the Word. And it's only as you are able to distinguish what's right and what you're looking for, then you begin to move into those areas. Now, we don't want to become favorite word people either. <laughs> okay? Some people just only like that word and that's all they study. And so they don't know anything else. They just know what their favorite preacher has taught them. That's where you start. But we need to go beyond that. So what I'm saying to you is, the first thing to do is find somebody that rightly divides the word. You listen to that. And don't listen to it once. Listen to it over and over again. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing. You need to hear and hear. Because the more you hear, the more faith comes. See, a lot of times people hear it once and they get hope but not faith. And they mix up their hope with their faith. They just think now just because they know it, they know there's a verse that can help them out of the situation, they'll be helped out of the situation. No, sweetheart. All that verse tells you is there's a way out. Now you have to build that on the inside of you to a place where you can move that mountain. Let me, let me talk to you from a natural point of view. Because sometimes, you know, we, we think too mystical and then we miss the point. <laughs> Even in the world, if you really want to get to know something, you, know, you don't read it once. If you're going through a contract, don't read it once, read it twice at least. You'll miss something. I'll guarantee you, you'll miss something. And then the excuse of, yeah, I didn't know what's it doesn't work because you signed your name to it. Amen. You know, isn't it interesting how we pay close attention to natural things? You know, we get something and we go, oh, we've got to read the fine print. Hello. Of course, we just scan through the Bible, but we read the fine print on all our contracts. <laughs> okay? Listen, sweetheart. We need to do the same thing with this. More so with the Bible. 
Because if you miss the fine print on, the, on your document, the Bible will get you out of it somewhere. <laughs> Amen, okay. <laughs> but it is important that we pay at least that much attention to the Word of God as we do to all the natural things. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Okay, so this isn't so, so mystical. The more you look at something, the more convinced you'll become of it. Do you know that the devil uses that against people in the medical world a lot of times? They don't only tell you what's wrong, they'll give you a picture of it so you can look at it all the time. See that shadow? We think it might be a tumor. And then you go, oh my God, it's a tumor. He didn't say it was, he said there might be. By the time you're through with it, with the picture and your mouth, you got a tumor. <laughs> okay? Do you hear what I'm saying? I mean, you know, <laughs> we have to be really careful that we are not doing things in reverse. Instead of looking at that thing and saying, I rebuke that. Jesus died. He paid a price. Himself bore all my sicknesses and all my diseases. By His wounds I was healed. I don't need to pay this price anymore. This is how you use the word as a sword. Do you get it? Amen? Alright. But it will only come as you spend time reading it, meditating on it, memorizing it. Can I just say this? If you don't memorize the thing, you won't know what there is. You need to have some semblance of what it is. You might not have all the handle on it, like what verse and you know, where in the Bible it is necessarily, but you know it's in there somewhere. Just get quick verse. That'll help. Okay. Put in a few words, it'll pop up the scripture and go, yeah, according to that one. All right. Amen. Second Timothy 2.15 Turn there while I conclude Proverbs. It says, let them not depart from their eyes, keep them in the midst of their heart, for they are life to those that find them, health to all their flesh. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This is what I was talking about before. We need to rightly divide the word of truth. So we not only need to listen to it, not only read it, but then we need to get to the place where we begin to study it somewhere. Now, if you're having trouble studying it, find somebody that is studying the Word, that you can listen to, and you can study with them. I study to help you rightly divide the Word. Hopefully, as you are... See, what I try to do is all three things at once. I'm hoping that as you're listening to the Word, when I say turn to your Bibles, or you know, whether you get your iPad out or whatever, whether you swipe or turn, whatever, okay, that you're not only listening, but you're also reading as we go along. And as you're reading it, the study that I put into it to rightly divide it for you is then allowing you to receive the Word with, without any hindrances and with the knowledge, the understanding that this is the way it's meant to be. Now, I don't know everything. Uh, nobody, okay. No. <laughs> I was gonna, somebody went, no, you know, no. <laughs> okay. Listen, no, the truth is I don't know everything, okay? So when I make a mistake somewhere, I will let you know straight away. You know, it's not a religion to me. It's a revelation. It's a progression. The more I learn, the more insight I get into things. And there were things at one point in time, you know, I, I used to say, well, that's not for everybody. Then I realized it was for everybody. So we corrected that and we moved on. That's why I don't like to sell stuff that's old, because I don't know what all I've said. And, and, and it has to be a progression. If we are stuck in the same revelation, there's something wrong. 
We need to be going from strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory. Amen? It always needs to be a progression. Now, one of the things that happens is as you listen to the word, as you're reading it, as it is being rightly divided, you begin to think about it because it brings hope. And in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, I think this is a tremendous scripture. Joshua is in a very bad place right now. He's in a place where he has got battles on the front end and on the back end. You know, he's got battles on every side. And God doesn't drop an army of angels next to him and says, Keep it cool. They'll take care of everything. Don't worry about it. Remember Elisha on the mountain? You know, I'm sure Joshua going to, why, why can't we have Elisha's blessing? Can't you just drop a few angels and we can take care of this very quickly? But notice what he says to, to Joshua. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because the first thing that happens when we freak out is it comes out of our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. So if you're freaking out in your heart, you know, you go, oh my God, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. Well, don't be the prophet of doom over your life. You know, a lot of people prophesy, prophesy things over themselves and they're so proud of it when it comes to pass. They say, see, I told you. Like they're proud of it went wrong. <laughs> okay? Family, it should be the other way. If things, are, if things are looking bad, you need to step out and say, no, I rebuke this. Now you may not say it out loud because everybody thinks you're Looney Tunes, but do it on the inside. Just say no, 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 no. Whenever the enemy comes against us with something, we need to reject it. We shouldn't sit there and think about it. Because otherwise it's going to come out of your mouth and ruin everything. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Notice what you're meant to do. You are to meditate in God's word, not the problem. Let me stop there for a minute. One of the biggest problems that we have is that we set our mind, our thoughts. We meditate. That's what meditating is. On the problem at hand. We really think about it. We think about how it's going to affect us. We think about the consequences of it. We're starting to make plans. So how do we fix this? And how do we do that? And, and oh gosh. And what they're going to think. And, and you know. We just. We cement the thing. Now isn't it interesting. That the Bible says that. Out of your mouth. You can either speak words of blessing or cursing. See, we think cursing like, you know, dirty words and stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> okay? Cursing is when you are speaking badly about a situation in your life. When you are giving the enemy permission to continue doing what he's doing, instead of denying him permission. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Notice, not just in the daytime, but in the nighttime. Because usually that's when you stay up warring or you go to bed speaking the word and saying, No, God, you will look after this. I'm going to sleep. I roll all of my care on you. You do this. Amen? Now, if you wake up with an idea, uh, don't just leave it there. That's your cue. Go do something. Amen? You know, there'll be so many times I'd go to bed with a question. I don't worry about it, but I'll leave a question in there. And I'll say, God, what do I do about this? I'm not sure where to go with this. And I'll wake up with the solution. Now, I don't expect God to go do the solution. He gave me the solution. So I go do it. And praise God. Ten times out of ten, it's worked. 
And then you think, why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> okay. And notice he says, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. That you may observe to do. See, as you meditate, God gives you revelation. When you receive the revelation, do it. Amen? Don't sit and think about it. Time to do. The thinking part's on the front end, the doing part's on the back end. Some people think about everything and do nothing. Other people don't think about anything and they're rushing and do everything. Both are not right. (laughs) Okay? Think, then do. All right. And he says here that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you see this? He says, if you do this, you will have the success. You will be prosperous. Third, as a result of meditation comes memorization. That's when the weapon forged whether it's for wisdom or healing, protection, favor, whatever, becomes a permanent part of your armory. Once you forge that weapon, you need to keep it. It's sad how sometimes we receive a revelation about something, and it helps us out of a a difficult situation. We're so thrilled, and we know the scripture. And we let it slide. Three years down the track, something else pops up in that similar area of trouble, and you kind of go, what was that scripture again? I know there's a scripture in there somewhere. And that's the reason why we need to keep remembering. We need to keep going over things. That's the same thing they tell students in schools. They say, listen, if you want to do well in an exam, you need to keep going over things. Because the stuff you learn at the beginning of the year, you're going to forget by the end. No matter how good you were at the beginning, no matter how well you knew it, and you could answer all kinds of questions, and no matter how complicated it got, you could, you could get around it. Come to the end of the year, you kind of go, what was that again? I don't remember the title. <laughs> okay? Let alone what it said. Alright? And so, if we need to do that in the natural, then we know we need to do it in the spirit as well. Now, this is the word, not just in your head, but in your heart, where it becomes exceedingly powerful. And it is this word that David speaks about, When he says in Psalm 119 verse 11, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Now that was one of the things that he used the word for. Not to sin against God. Amen? And remember, he committed some real doozies, okay? (laughs) He knew what he was talking about. Isn't it wonderful that if David could do the things he did in the Old Testament, before Jesus went to the cross and could be forgiven. How much more for us in the new? Amen? Amen. The word in your heart. This is what allows you to cast mountains into the sea as well. It not only takes care of internal things, it will take care of external things as well. This is what Jesus meant when He said, For verily I say unto you, in Mark 11.23, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Believe what? That those things which he says, remember again, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Hmm? And he says here, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Now, there was a time that I said, this was only to the disciples, 
And this, is on, this will only work for people that are following the Lord. But I've realized this works for everybody. Listen to me. Whatever you pay attention to, you will have faith in. Good news or bad. Whatever you begin to speak out of your heart. If you say, I have no doubt I'm going to die in three years. Guess what? <laughs> okay? You can have what you say. Stop saying it. Now, it isn't just a matter of you not saying things that are not right. You have to stop believing things that are not right. See, this is one of the other problems we had in the Word of Faith movement, is that we, were, we walked around like mouth monitors, you know? If anybody said anything wrong, we smacked them in their mouth. So, you know what we did? <laughs> we didn't change people's heart. All we did was make those people weary when they were around us not to say anything negative. It didn't change what they believed. All it did was change their behavior around us. What is important here, and what we didn't get, was that your heart believes. Your mouth speaks. Your mouth is a reflection of your heart. If your mouth is saying something negative, I don't smack you in your mouth. I need to find out what's in your heart that's causing your mouth to say these things. Amen? You know, if I turn the air conditioner on, and hot air comes out of it, I'm not going to beat the air conditioner. The remote needs to be fixed. That's the mouth, that's the heart. Okay? If I fix the the settings on the remote, come on, you you all with me here? I'm trying to use things that, you know, Jesus used fields and crops and whatever. I'm trying to use air conditioners and remotes, okay? All right. (laughs) So you guys get this. All right? If I change the setting on the remote, then the thing will give me cold air. So I can't get mad at the air conditioner up there giving me hot air when somebody changed the setting on the remote. Amen. If somebody is saying something out of their mouth that isn't right, it's an indication that something wrong in their heart. Their believing is wrong somewhere and we need to fix that. And their mouth will then let us know at some stage whether it's been fixed. See, that's why I don't jump on people for what they say. If I don't know, I can't fix. Amen? I'm the same way with my kids. Whatever they say. I don't say, no, don't say that. That doesn't take care of anything. I'm thinking to myself, oh, where's that coming from? So we sit and talk and we figure out where that came from. Uh, very subtly, and they're sitting here, so I can't, you know. All right. So <laughs> but as, as soon as I determine where that's coming from, and, and see, this again, we have to be really careful that we don't allow things that people say to annoy us, and then we shut them up because it's annoying us. Because that's not taking care of the problem. That's just taking care of your comfort level. That's not, it's not all about you. Amen? You know, if they're saying something, there's something at the heart of that, and you need to deal with it. Alright, back to this. So Jesus tells us here, that if you don't doubt, if you believe... That's why he said all things are possible to him that believes. Okay? So, if you're having a problem in your life, you need to look at what you're believing and change that. Even in the natural. You know, if you don't think you're going to do well in an exam, if you don't think you're going to do anything with your life, you know what? You won't bother doing any of it. You won't study. You won't do anything because you're just inside. You've given up. Can I say this to you? Let me just put it this way to you. Since... God said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. 
You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Let me show you something here. Your mouth does two things. Your mouth puts the word in, and it also lets the word out. In the case of Joshua, the word needed to go in. So when his mind is going, we are in big trouble, his mouth will be saying, no, God said, we will be successful, we will get through this. This is where you begin. When you are having trouble, you start to speak into your heart the things that you want to put in there. Amen? Don't allow your heart and your mind to dominate the situation in the wrong direction. Start to put things in there that will allow it to strengthen. You know, I was doing something and I suddenly realized that I was drifting a little bit. Can I just say that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know how that happens, right? Okay. And I thought to myself, I need to do something. And straight away the Lord said, talk to yourself. I said, what? <laughs> he said, talk to yourself. I said, Okay. And so I began to talk to myself. I said, we will get through this. We will do this. We're not looking for a way out. We're going to get through this. That took care of something. See, God designed and created us a certain way. The world can use this stuff. But understand something. As much as it works in the world, God empowers it. And you begin to receive strength from it. That's why Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 4.12, I believe, says that the Word of God is alive. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. This word, as it is spoken out of your mouth, has a life to it that will energize your heart and energize you to go ahead and do what you need to do. That is a weapon in your hand now. That's when things begin to change. So we can either speak to ourselves and start getting ourselves to change, or we can speak into the circumstances and get it to change. Amen? But only... If you remember the word. Can I just say this? The more that you speak the word, the more that you use the word, the more you remember it. It has become a weapon. Amen? And I can use that in so many different ways. You know, can I just say this? One scripture isn't just for one situation. There are some scriptures, you know, I kind of call them golden swords, you know. They, they, they can be used for a whole lot of things. Now, some are very specific. Okay, my God shall meet all of my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, that is specific. But I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That isn't. That's a gold sword. That you can do a lot of stuff with. I have to finish this off because I've, I have run out of time. What's sad is that even though there is a veritable treasure trove of weapons to choose from, because of bad teaching, Christians are often at the mercy of the enemy. And that's why God says in Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. See, they're not destroyed for a lack of provision. They are destroyed because they don't know. They just don't know. And, you know, and this is where it really saddens me that people that suffer any kind of loss for this reason. Notice it says, My people are destroyed. That's a, that's a very strong word. People look at this and think, well, if God is in control, wrong. There is your problem. God is in control. Your mouth is in control. God can only do what you allow Him to do. Because that's one thing He'll never do is transgress your will. 
For those people that are... Okay, I have a thought coming through here. But what is it when it is my will and I'm saying it, it's still not happening? That's in next week when we look at perseverance. <laughs> uh, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. <laughs> we need to understand that we are dealing with an enemy that is ruthless. He doesn't play fair. He didn't with Jesus. He waited 40 days when he was hungry. The first thing he says is, go and turn this stone into bread. I mean, wow. He didn't come and say, wow, you did really good. The devil will never compliment you on anything. He's always trying to break you, break your fast, break anything he can in your life. You know, people say, oh, God wants to break your will. Why? It's broken. We need one that's fixed. Amen. The only thing he wants to break is your stubbornness. If you're stubborn and stupid, then that's different. We, you know, that's not good. We want you smart, but we don't want your will broken. Amen. Do you know why that is so wrong? Because God won't transgress your will. So why would he ever break it? That's why it says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Let's conclude. Therefore, it is essential that we, like Jesus in the wilderness, come to know the truth in enough detail that we can use specific scriptural truths against the specific lies and deceptions of the enemy and overcome him at every turn, just the way Jesus did, by taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? And one of the most powerful ways that we can do this is explained in the next verse where the Apostle Paul says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Alright, we are going to stop there for today. But understand something, that as we learn to use this armor, we need to learn how to not only use it for ourselves, but for others as well. Amen. There's a world out there that needs our prayers. And you know, you don't need to be super religious to do this either. Often when I'm driving just on the road, just to give an example, and if I see somebody broken down or whatever, my first prayer is, God, get them the help that they need and make it quick. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, my goodness, you pray for everyone? Uh, notice, praying for all the saints. They may not be a saint. It doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Why do I do that? Oh, because you're so holy. No. Whatever you sow, you reap. And can I say something else? The more you exercise your faith, the more it grows. So, don't just use it when you need it. Use it all the time. Use it when other people need it. That's all the time. <laughs> okay? All right? That never ends. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to keep your faith strong, powerful, and growing? Just pray for everybody. Amen. And can I just say this? As you get to the place where your faith grows, you will find that when you have a need, you almost only have to think about it, and it's done. That's the place you want to get to. Amen? You're going to get to the place where all of your need is met according to His riches in glory, almost before you open your mouth, because your Father knows what you have need of before you ask. And if you look after other people's needs, He'll look after yours. Amen. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.